You are listening to a CJTR podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and with me, as always, are my two beloved co-hosts, Sean Dunham and Jeremy Lequie. Hi. Hello. Hello. This week, in honor of Black History Month, we are celebrating black excellence in film. Uh, and we'd like to begin with a little acknowledgement. We'd like to begin by acknowledging that all three of us are white. Our guests have almost all been white. We live in a white supremacist society that positions whiteness as the default and makes it easy for us not to think about it. So please keep in mind throughout the program that we are three appreciators of film with a limited experience and limited understandings of the issues of issues that face people of color. Um, we will do our best today to be factual and accurate, but please remember that we have blind spots. Uh, it's also important to note that black film is not a genre, and black film ma- filmmakers do not deserve to be relegated to a marginal category. Instead, we hope today to celebrate the diversity, beauty, and power of the contributions made by black artists in cinema who face disproportionate barriers in the industry and too often go unrecognized for their achievement. So, with that said, gentlemen, mm-hmm. when you Quite. think black excellence, what movies or series come to mind? Uh, I don't. I think the conversation uh, has to start with a gentleman named Spike Lee, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, right. who has just knocked it out of the park time and time again. Uh, do the right thing. I have brought up b- a bajillion times on the show. Um, I th- I think it might be my favorite. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, it's it it just plays with so many things. But today I'm talking about Bamboozled. Okay. Which I love and the world hated. Yeah. And. <laughs> I don't know. Have you guys seen this movie? No. Uh, it. What, sorry. What's on you? Yes, no. no. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Clear that uh, up. It is so. <laughs> yes. No. It is so crazy. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown. Yeah. So Damon Wayans plays a TV producer, and uh, he wants to get fired so he can get out of his contract. So he pitches this show, which is black people in blackface, uh, doing all of these, you know, very like racist. A yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, they're going to have all these characters and all these different parts. And his assumption is that pitching this idea will get him fired. Mm. Uh, it, it then gets him a lot of acclaim and renown. And then the actors who are in the show are also struggling because on one hand, they're completely selling themselves out. But on the other hand, they're now rich and famous and no longer homeless. So mm. it's like all these different. Um, and it ends with, as many of Spike's uh, things do with tragedy. Uh, and it just absolutely goes out of control. Uh, it's pretty nuts, you guys. It is yeah. pretty nuts. It was in the early days, I believe, of video, so it kind of looks a little washed out. Like it looks, it doesn't, it, it doesn't look as beautiful as some of mm. his other stuff. But um, the things that he's wrestling with are super great, and uh, he's really dealing with the industry directly by like, you know, taking a parody to the nth degree. But mm-hmm. it is stellar. That sounds amazing. It's I, super good. I have heard of it before. I did not watch. <laughs> By the way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's where it starts for me. Yeah. Sure. sure. Um, I um, was thinking about a, uh, speaking of Spike Lee, um, do you guys know a filmmaker named Dee Reese? Um, Spike Lee was her, like, mentor and mm. professor 
um, and d- she's worked on some of his films. Um, and her fir- first film was uh, called Pariah, mm-hmm. which I love. And it's mm-hmm. about a, like, <clears throat> 17-year-old, like, black girl sort of wrestling with um, that she um, is coming to terms with her being a lesbian. And her family is uber Christian. And, you know, she's just kind of, like, does this sort of double identity. Um and it's loosely based off of D. Reese's uh, real life and identity, um, and it's really amazing. It's so it's pretty intense, but it's like really freeing, and I love that film. Um, and then she also directed Bessie, mm. which is um, Queen Latifah uh, as a also lesbian themed jazz singer, Ooh. and then Mudbound, um, oh, and yeah. that was. Um, what was it 2018? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um, and it got a nomination for Mary J. Blige, um, which was the f- first black woman nominated for an Oscar, uh, in a film written by a black woman, mm. or actually the first person in general. Wow. Uh, to be no- the nominated for best actor, uh, oh. in a f- in a film written by a black woman. Oh, okay. It's yeah, which is crazy, and that was only like last year. Yeah. Um, and um. What else? Oh, and also her cinematographer was the first woman voted uh, nominated for best cinematographer at the Oscars. Basically, just like shows that you let someone different start doing things, and then they're like, "Oh, all of this hidden talent that everyone else knows about." Um, and also now she's going to get some Netflix money. She's got a series oh, coming great. up in the twenties. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, Netflix money is the grease that keeps the industry flowing. <laughs> oh. Where does it come from? It's Where from does us? it come from? From all of us. I know, but it just doesn't add up. I mean, you get 7 billion people giving $5 a month. But like half that because a bunch sharing. of them are sharing Okay, so 3.5 billion people. That's <laughs> it's still not, not that, that much it's money. It's not that many. That's a lot of money. Oh, <laughs> but like in... in in money... I was in about to say in money dollars. <laughs> in money dollars? In movie dollars, like... That's still that's quick. Brilliance is big. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to talk about a movie that we have talked about multiple times on this show, mm-hmm. but it's just one of the first ones that came to mind. And it's kind of awkward because it was not made by a person of color, but the two pe- people of color who star in it are so amazing, and I think it's such an important You're story. You're talking about white chicks, eh? Yeah. Listen, you guys, the Wayans yes, brothers. <laughs> Listen, um, Tangerine is... I just think such an important uh, story for the way that the two trans women at its center are represented and the performances by Kitana Kiki Rodriguez and Maya Taylor are so amazing. Like we, We've talked about this on the show. You can hear us talk about it. But I just wanted to mention it because for me that is right up there. Um, and then the other one I want to talk about, again, we've talked about before, Moonlight. Yeah. I think Barry Jenkins is such an amazing director and that film is so beautiful. And one of the things I want to highlight about it is the cinematography um, and the lighting because um, one of the films that we know we're going to talk about today is a little movie called Dolomite Is My Name. Mm-hmm. And he yes, makes reference course. to this in mm-hmm. that movie. We're talking about it next, yeah. Ooh. That um, that lighting, um, you know, white skin and darker skin mm-hmm. is different because the way the light reflects or doesn't. Um, and the lighting in Moonlight is one of the most, like, it's one of the things that probably, like, sticks in my brain mm-hmm. the most about m- almost any movie. Just, well, like, the way that the lighting is done. Um, well, I think 
he kind of started with that idea because it's based mm-hmm. off of was it like a short story or a poem or something? Yeah, I and it's so. called like um, like black skin appears blue in moonlight or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, so I feel like he kind of began with sort of this image, um, and then probably worked into the story from there. Mm-hmm. But I think, well, this is this is now a tangent, but I think lighting for style as opposed to yeah. realism is coming back because it was a very big thing, especially late in black and white, where they were like, let's go, you know, let's go nuts with it. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, then it kind of went away for a while, a long while, all, you know, 100 years or whatever. But uh, I think... There's a lot of sort of like weird Jeremy sci-fi movies that are really doing a lot with light. Mm. And uh, there's one that's from a few years ago. I can't remember. But at one point for like 20 or 30 minutes, they use this like horrid yellow light. Mm. And it completely like matches skin tones to walls and stuff. And it looks so strange. But uh, I wonder if like lighting people are starting to like talk about like things you can do and like how it looks different and how digital technology has given them the ability to like try something out for five minutes and mm. then go and check but uh i'm i'm ex- i'm i'm interested in to see jerry's more excited about I lights, see more jerry's lights. my google thing was going the whole time and i wrote that whole thing down because i thought i wanted to search for that i love it <laughs> thanks google um okay do we need are there any other movies or series that we need to talk about before we we can always come back right yeah, we can Absolutely. i we are excited from for my name is dolomite <laughs> yeah uh so yeah, who are some of your favorite directors of color? Oh, okay. Is that where you thought we were going? No, no, no. no I'll come back. Uh, <laughs> uh, where is my? Uh, I want to briefly talk, touch on Mario Van Peebles, mm-hmm. uh, who I think is a bad director. <laughs> He's a TV director, but New Jack City is mm-hmm. super good and uh, an amazing performance from Wesley Snipes in that. And they're another one. Yeah, they're they're kind of cartoony in there, but. Uh, it's still very real. There's, you know, there's moments where, like, they're at a funeral and everyone's just breaking down crying because that's what you would do at a funeral. Like, you know, if your friend died, that's what you would... And you never see that, right? Yeah. Like, you never see... Uh, but where is the... Uh, I I think John Singleton, Boys, Boys in the Hood, yeah. is an incredible example of, like, a director doing what he knows and hiring a cast of people to make something pretty profound especially was that early 90s yeah yeah uh it's just so good it's Mm -hmm. so good and you know dare i say ice cube is giving us a good performance it hurts me to say so bad why why are you hating on ice cube uh have you seen his later work well yeah yeah what's what's the one called are we there yet well yeah but uh, a guy's gotta secure the bag you know yeah i mean he can also play a real mean (laughs) <laughs> investigator. <laughs> I love thinking, his investigative work. Are you thinking of Ice T? <laughs> Ice T is amazing. Ice Cube is bad. You, okay. <laughs> Embarrassed and yes. <laughs> and that's why you Ow. never say anything on the radio. No, I'm just showing myself right now. Oh, it's okay. Like, people make mistakes. It's true. But, um,. Yeah, no, Boys in the Hood is, you've all seen. Yeah. Yeah, uh, from forever ago. Cuba Gooding, knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne, knocking it out of the park. Uh, Ice Cube, knocking it out of the park. <laughs> and you're mad about it? It was so good when I watched it the first time. And there's um, there's this really neat documentary series on Netflix called they, They've Gotta Have Us mm-hmm. uh, that Ava DuVernay, who I'm going to talk about, her production company made. Um, and it's about, like, um, 
historical black films like mm-hmm. so, so like deep history um there's an episode called black film is not a genre and then there's an episode called mm, i forget but uh, they talk about how Spike Lee incited this whole generation of black directors, and Absolutely. John Singleton's one of the ones that they talk mm-hmm. about. And he talks about making Boys in the Hood, and it's very interesting. So, highly recommend that. Sean, you got any directors to talk about? Um, I was going to talk about Ryan Coogler, mm. um, who also I'm finding out ages of people, you guys. I know and it is. It is killing me. It's pretty upsetting. It's quite upsetting. Anyway, this person is a year older than me (laughs) and has um, three huge films under his belt um, and, like, a Marvel film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what he did with, like, in the the confines of doing a Marvel movie is, like, amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just think Black Panther is, like, definitely one of my favorite films of the year. Um, and it still really holds up. Oh, it sure does. And, like, I was just researching some Angela, like, old Angela Bassett roles, of which she has a billion. Yeah. And I was just like, dang, (laughs) I forgot about her in that. Oh, she's She's so good amazing. She's luminous. She was, like, born to be a queen, you know? (laughs) But also, she's so good because she literally is in, like, a 911 drama right now. Yeah. Like, as a police... Like, Isn't it literally called 911? It, it's called like 911. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she can Again, do it all. We She's don't like, disrespect anyone for trying to get the bag. No. I, I, she is I a, maybe do. She, is a, <laughs> she needs the money. Um, a Yale graduate. <laughs> and? Uh, well, it's, I'm not, well, I'm going to disregard what Sean said. I don't feel this intense love for Black Panther the way that everybody else I, does. We know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I really do wonder what's going to happen, and I don't know if you know this, but do you know who is involved with the very likely upcoming, uh, what's his name, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character's yeah. name in... Oh. Oh, in it's, Black Panther? Yeah. Oh, it's like Killmonger? Kill something. Kill, Killmonger. Okay, uh, they're, they're going to do a show. Oh, yeah, I heard yeah, that. And he is in. Like, he is doing it. They have paid him an, Honestly, an, an insane amount smart. of money. What happened to Killmonger? I thought Didn't he, he get killed? Died. It's going <laughs> to take place before. Oh, Ooh. pretty cool. Yeah. Spoiler alert to anyone that yeah, I be- did I know this is, it's But honest honestly, if you haven't seen Black Panther at this point, what are you doing? But, it, wow. like, <laughs> with, with, without him, is it that good, though? I mean, eh, yeah, is it? Okay. It is. I'm just saying. <laughs> it is, and we're it... not relitigating this, especially <laughs> during Black History I'm Month. Just, we can still be critical. It's fine. Um, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just not saying it's as <laughs> good know. as Guardians One. Um, well. <laughs> the Guardians One. It's important for different reasons, also. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not going to knock yeah. that, but I'm still. S- yeah, they're both very fun, and they're. In different ways, but true. I just very much appreciated Black Panther mm-hmm. in a way that I didn't really appreciate Guardians of the Galaxy. God, that's so interesting. Sorry, Sorry about that. Yes. Different strokes, y'all. Ooh. Um, also, uh, Jordan Peele has had, mm-hmm. had an amazing couple oh, of years. Well deserved. Can you imagine doing two films and the, like having a huge breakout and people being like, impossible? You'll never do it again. And then doing a better film. Well, Jordan Peele has been amazing since I was a young man. Yeah. And those who did not watch him on Mad TV Mm -hmm. are... Okay. They should go back to the archive. Okay, you guys, should we all be watching Mad TV? Like, I would love if they... 
Do they Reboot have all the Mad TV episodes somewhere? It should probably. be on some streaming service. Yeah, or you could buy it probably. Um, early Mad TV is a little rough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, but they get into they get into it, and they have so many talented people who are all so funny and do these ridiculous characters that uh, I have a carry in my heart. Aw. <laughs> you have what? Yeah. He carries it in his heart. Right. Oh. <laughs> right. I was like, you have a what in your heart? Oh. oh. my God. That was intense. <laughs> I did it loud so the radio could hear me. But yeah, Jordan Peele, we the love radio you. radio did hear you. Yeah. You're on the list. Yeah, um, keep going. Yeah. yeah, like Us. Ooh, such a good film. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, like, I've, I feel like I have said this before, but Lupita Nyong'o oh. kind of got robbed for... She 100% did. Um, ...a Best Actress Luke in this mm-hmm. direction because she made a very insane character very scary it could have come out and it could have come dumb yeah like she it's two highly distinct characters and then to even make uh that brought you i couldn't think of it i had her character name on the tip of my tongue and then my brain just was like no you don't need it anyway the the mom's name well no the like the scary person the scary one oh yeah i think it starts with an r red Red. Okay. Is what it is. Okay, <laughs> um, to make her sympathetic is amazing. So yeah, I mean, Ooh. you y'all talked about the Oscars, but mm-hmm. that's she was overlooked. She was. Yeah, we didn't really talk about a lot no, of overlooks, but um, but yeah, that is one that I definitely would have thrown in the mix. So yeah, let's talk about actors and performances sure. that are near and dear to our hearts. Is that where you thought we were going before? No, it's but I'll, I'm going to insert it in now. Okay. Um, I, I'm like looking at my, I write things in order, and I don't know why I wrote it in the order I did. Don't okay. Have- so we got to talk about Rudy Ray Moore, uh, who is having a, a second life as uh, portrayed by Eddie Murphy yes. in Dolomite Is My Name. But I need to talk about Dolomite. Okay. Okay. School so, please. Yes, please. Let's, let's, let's go back in time. Jeremy <laughs> is <laughs> 20 <laughs> years old. What? Yeah, and he needs to learn how to make a bad movie in an intentional way. Uh-huh. So somebody hands him a copy of Dolomite, and he and his, well, one main friend, uh, Ooh, walk... Giving us some well, sad the, the, bags. Well, no, there's, <laughs> there's a group of us, but the project that came out of it was only t- from two of us, so yeah. it's, anyway. Your main friend. Yeah, well, well... For the project, anyway, one of your main friends. Yes. Anyway, there was more. Uh, okay, <laughs> listeners. But the root, the root, uh, the work of Rudy Ray Moore and the subsequent films, yeah. were instrumental to my university education. I love like, it. I am not even exaggerating the amount of time I have put in. I have written f- no fewer than three forty-page papers about Dolomite and Rudy Ray Moore. Wow. Yes. We got an expert in the room. Yes, y'all. you have an expert. Well, it's well, I was. I was speaking about a very specific part. <laughs> and, was uh, it the kung fu? Well, it was the, the choice to do production poorly for laughs. Like, that mm. was the... Because that's what we were trying to... The thing we created was not, you know, dolomite in any way, shape, or form. But when You're you, saying you didn't make a black exploitation I did film. not, no. But when you go to the source for that, mm-hmm. it is Rudy Ray Moore and yeah. his, his group of people. It's honestly like... I feel like it's kind of a genius idea to think of the the meta-ness of like creating a bad looking film for people to notice mm-hmm. like think that they noticed um an unintentional gaffe yeah you know what i mean yeah it's really mm-hmm. 
It's very smart. Yes. Um, and, like, they get worse. There's always kung fu, you know, like bad kung fu, real bad kung fu. Well, yeah. But now, so Eddie Murphy is one of my favorite comedy men from my childhood growing up. My dad, also a humongous fan. Mm-hmm. Terry, do you want to let do people know what we're talking about? Can you, I mean? can you explain what Dolomite is my name? To the, uh, yeah, to I was, the uh, that's literally what I was going to okay. say. Yeah, that's literally my next. So Eddie Murphy <laughs> took that story, yeah. the story of the creation of Dolomite and Rudy Raymore, and has now made Dolomite Is My Name, mm-hmm. which is... Was it nominated for Best Picture? Did that happen? Nope. No. Okay. It, should. Should just, it was just in my mind then? It, yeah, did, totally. it was snubbed as uh, well. That was a snub. I, it was snubbed in a few ways. I had so much fun watching this movie. Mm-hmm. I've watched it six times. I love wow. it. It's so good. It is uh, so fun. It's like um, it's like a black exploitation disaster artist. Yes. Except, yes. Except better. Yeah. yeah. I like, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Sorry, I thought that was just <laughs> it's, no, assumed. Full stop. It's just better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I love Eddie Murphy so much, mm-hmm. and to see him, you know, engage with that particular content oh, kills me. His performance is actually incredible. Yeah. It like I think it like mended a piece of my heart that I didn't know was broken mm-hmm. from not having that Eddie Murphy in my life anymore. Yeah. yeah. Because he is like transcendent, honestly. That's like, the word that gets thrown around probably too often, but like <laughs> But like he's so it's good. Just, like, the camp is hysterical. Mm-hmm. The costumes are amazing. They're incredible. Mm-hmm. Um and like just even just like the message of like the dissonance between studios knowing what they th- think, think they know want. and then what the audience actually wants and knowing what the audience wants mm-hmm. is like so heartwarming and I literally shed a tear when they like pulled oh, up yeah. to that movie theater oh, yeah. after reading these horrible reviews and then just like the like so many people mm-hmm. coming to see this film and then really because the whole movie is just sort of a story of a creative process yeah. that's all it is Yeah. and uh, I noticed at the end on like the third viewing I was like there's no real like act structure here mm. For like, there's a very short third act where they're successful. Like that's it. Yeah. You know, and there's maybe a first act of like, here's Rudy. Like that. You yeah. Know, it's all. But yeah. uh, there's no challenge other than what's like implicit from the start. Yeah. Again and again and again. I actually, uh, yeah, because I anticipated a shoe drop moment. Yes. Yeah, I actually thought when he sort of was like when he took that one guy, all of his stories. Um, you know the like the homeless guy that he like yeah he steals the stories yeah. Steals, and I thought that was gonna come back me too like, I would be like mm-hmm. oh you plagiarized like all of this is mine and that actually didn't come back at all mm-hmm. but I told I like the way that they presented that I really felt that it was going to be mm-hmm. a thing and like make him lose his fortune a bit but I think they maybe just wanted us to think about it mm-hmm. because there is sort of this this idea of appropriation. But then, like I mean, on like a few levels, because there's sort of the like level where the studios appropriate black culture to make money off of it, but then won't actually support the black artists mm-hmm. who are making yep. it. But then there's also this level of people who were who are worse off than Rudy Ray Moore, mm-hmm. who he kind of like you know is kind towards, but also like kicks the guy out of his store and then goes looking for him to get these mm-hmm. jokes and stories from him. Um, he he does sort of just like use that and go yeah. and and sort of like leave those folks behind yeah. in a way he did pay them did so, he yeah he did yeah um he, he okay i'd love to hear time. that and yeah. he did kind of take the stories and turn it into a character that, yeah yeah like he didn't 
because I also thought that he would, when he got more gigs, that he'd have to run back and find this guy mm-hmm. and like get, get more. more but he just like turned it into a persona and mm-hmm. um, yeah. And it also is sort of just a, like an a, almost like a folk history tradition. Yeah. It's like you know, it's stories and jokes that have been passed mm-hmm. down. The guy even says he's he refers to himself, I think, as like the cipher of like yeah. black uh, or African American folk tales or mm-hmm. something. So it like it is a collective mm-hmm. thing. It's not like he stole some guy's life story. Right. Yeah, and not to mention like Rudy Ray Moore is actually like a very prominent figure. Well, yeah, y- like in the the narrative of you know. Art made by black people in the United yeah, States. Yeah, of course. And, uh, uh, Grandfather rap, baby. Yeah. yeah. Like when you, but when you think about how much of an effect that that's caused with no knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And now right. Eddie Murphy, who is, I would argue, another very prominent member yeah. of the, you know, the creationists of this, like, you know, don't forget about this other guy. I, it's just the whole thing is like, it's very sweet. Yeah. And it's near and dear to my heart. And like, I am so happy to see this come of it. And if Eddie Murphy does not make Pluto Nash 2, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> no, Jeremy. <laughs> we know it how was, you feel about Pluto you Nash. Got, we should. Oh. Um, and just like the attention to detail on costuming and set. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> the, the film that they actually put together was like, so <laughs> ridiculous and so funny. Mm, uh, uh, and his, like, how he has. Um, a few, like, ingenues that he just, like, <laughs> takes under his wing. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Davine Joy Randolph is her name. She Who plays is another Lady person Reed. that is a year older than me. <laughs> and should be famous. Like, mm-hmm. how did she not get mega famous from this? She, um, Maybe she's still well. She's like a Broadway gal. She oh. she, she, was so she played good. Otome, um from Ghost, the Ghost Musical oh. for, like, years. Oh, so she is famous. We That's just what so she's a, kind of like, bro- she's like a Broadway famous, but she's not like a... She's like Cynthia Revo kind of. Yeah, she where deserves she's to She's like be moving over. I do feel. Famous. I do feel like if I got to pick, I would almost pick Broadway famous. Like oh, I, same. I feel like that would because like you just go to Chicago and then you're free, right? Like, yeah, exactly. You, know, like, you can still go for groceries. Yeah. yeah, but there are people who are obsessed with you. True, but and you make pretty good money. Yeah. yeah, hard work though. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, and then, <laughs> every day. The cast is so good. And she just gets such good lines and costumes. Yes. And, and their relationship is so great. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And I was like, I hope this is going to turn weird. Me too. I was scared. And, yeah. And that was also pretty refreshing as well. Yeah. Just the fact that that's not what it was. Yeah. You know, like. That they didn't turn it into a romantic. Yeah. Like, it, like it's, that might be the one movie last year that didn't have it. Yeah. You I know? just love that Rudy Raymore just like sees people like as this happens at the end too when the kid's like standing in line and he just is like hey like tell me your stuff and then the kid like does a routine and Mm -hmm. he's like you got it kid yeah like he's lifting (laughs) other people up it made me like it i fully was like getting teary when he was like yeah i'm just gonna stay out here and perform for all these people yeah because that's like what he loves yeah he was amazing but yeah, there are some really amazing performances in that movie. Wesley Snipes, we were talking okay, about Wesley earlier. Wesley Snipes, he's in the movie for five minutes. And well, he makes, a little more than that. He's, but got, he's got a few scenes. He plays the director. <laughs> what if we let you direct? He plays the, he plays the boozy, um, like a boozy femme director, and he's so funny. Who is who is the elevator operator in Rosemary's Baby? Oh yeah, and he, <laughs> and he like That's plays that. It's prominent. He plays that. He says it 
all the time. He does not <laughs> let you forget it. It's so good. He's hilarious. He was at the top, Ke- you guys. Keegan-Michael Key is this, like, stuffy playwright. Yeah, and also, He's like... He's so good. The straight man. Yeah. You know, like, it's just... You don't Titus Burgess. Titus yeah, Burgess. Is so cute. <laughs> a small role. Um, a line that I loved so much... I was when they're in the movie theater and they're watching like the white comedy. Yeah. And they're like, this sucks. And then this woman like shushes them and he's like, don't shush me, Sandy Duncan. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Yeah, they go and see, oh, I forget what movie it is, but they just, it's, yeah, it was very funny. Um, I think we got it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, So we're just going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsors, and we will be back with more spoiler alert here on 91.3 FM CGTR Regina Community Radio. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert here on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. We are going to get back to celebrating black excellence in film in just a minute. But first, um, hey, Jer, mm-hmm. do you know what time it is? Oh, just let me look at my... It's game time, people. <gasps> wah, wah, wah. Ooh, last, uh, last time, Sean did a little sexy air horn. I did, it, 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 it took, it took me noises. by surprise. Did it get you a little? <laughs> no, it got uh, everybody. Anyone that had this radio on. Oh, my. Chewing. They got hey, <laughs> Uh, for those who don't know, if you're just tuning in, the game's where I spend, uh, it's probably like 25 minutes this week, uh, looking for a title that these two have not seen related to our topic. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a good laugh. <laughs> you guys, I am not gonna be able to keep it together today. Uh, this week's title is of course, Black, White. Now to confirm, Black, period, White, mm. period. Oh, Carry punctuation on. matters. Mm-hmm. Sean, I- would you care to go first? Oh, sure. <laughs> um, Sonia had her mouth open. <laughs> well, because I feel like I always make you go first. No, it's fine. So you, but you go. I can do it. I was ready to take the bullet, but uh-huh. um, so I believe that this is a film starring Keegan Michael Key, who is the inventor um, of the black white cookie oh. that he, uh, which in the end turns out to be Oreo. Um, and just his trials and tribulations, his, the accident where he, um, spills icing everywhere and like smooshes some together and <laughs> realizes that it really improves <laughs> the taste and the consistency of the cookie. Um, it's kind of a comedy, but, oh, that's you good. know, it's an invention as well. I would yeah. watch that. Does yeah, someone try and steal great. it from him or something? Oh, wow. Um, yes, of course. His name is, yeah. his name is Mr. Oreo, but Mr. Christie comes sneaking <gasps> around. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Christie, you that, stole that cookie. You stole that, those I made it cookies. so real. Yeah, God, like oh, that. Sean. I was, and Mr. I would Christie yeah. is played by evil Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Young I old. just assumed a white guy, but. Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. It was no, Forrest no, the whole time. <laughs> um, okay, I think Black White is um, one of those animated. Um, shorts for children from like mm-hmm. the 70s to try and teach them about uh like racial justice but it was made by a, a bunch of well-meaning white people who don't mm-hmm. who don't know anything and didn't bother to like hire people of color to work on it with them so it's like misguided okay cool uh you're both wrong so first and foremost let's, <laughs> cool. let's get that out. Right. uh secondly both of those ideas are better than what this actually <laughs> oh good so two things number one i i'm gonna do my best to keep my composure while explaining okay. what this was to you and number two this is no way shape or form a joke and what i'm about to say actually happened oh no and was the real premise for this i'm scared it, it is a 2006 tv show that was shown on fx where they took one black family 
and one white family and dressed them up as the opposite race. This is some Tyra Banks And then had them live for six weeks with the other, in the, like, swap places for six weeks. So they put a bunch of white people in blackface and a bunch of black people in whiteface and then made them switch existences. Uh, it was created by Ice Cube and RJ Cutler. <laughs> Ice Cube! Ice Cube. Uh, it's been critiqued as saying yeah. it is the complete opposite of what it tried to do. Yeah, I was going to uh, say. As... And also, like, honestly, did it fool anyone <laughs> like, did, in their lives? Did anyone learn? Uh, you, well, no, there's no way it fooled anyone. I'll, right? I'll, I mean, like, I'm scared. Like, I think it... he's going to show us a picture. Oh, God. I'm going to look up a picture. Uh, it was it was a bit more transparent. Like they weren't trying to trick people. Right. They were just trying to like get people. But like if you're the white family going through your everyday life in the black community. Yeah. Wearing blackface. Yeah. And Thank you're you probably like. interacting with people who don't oh no. <laughs> Look at the moms. Look at the moms. Look at the moms. Look at the moms. Phone's good. Song is in disbelief right now. I can't. I wish we could show the listeners, but also I'm so glad we don't have to show the listeners. If you're if you dare to dream, look up Black White FX, which is the network that made it. It is absolutely insane. It did not work. The people who participated in it. Yeah, like, are they, they okay? They're fine. They said that they learned something. Like, they actually, yeah. like, got some perspective out of it. Yeah. But uh, the, the the two dads both agreed that the makeup was not a part of that respect. No. <laughs> it was in no way necessary. The dads do look the worst. I thought the moms looked pretty. Look are... at the one mom. Look at her. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, she looks like Rachel Dolezal, actually, <laughs> which I shouldn't laugh and make light of her, but... Uh, oh. Listeners, I don't oh, advise wow. Googling it. Anyway, uh, I'm going to put that under the column of don't watch, and I don't think you'd be able to. Misguided. I don't, I don't, I don't know what would... I think it was has been scrubbed, probably. <laughs> yeah, know, I, I would I, guess I, that you can't find it. I, Ice Cube, there's a there's a short documentary about the casting of the, the people, so uh, it was insane. Uh, Fascinating. Yeah. The game is, of course, brought to you by the biggest theater in town, the IMAX Theater at the Saskatchewan Science Center. It is how many school buses tell, Sean? Four soul bears oh. tall. What is it? <laughs> Do you mean spirit, spirit bears? Bear. It's soul way bears. more than four spirit bears. Um, you don't know how big a spirit bear is. <laughs> spirit bear? Spirit bear. I think they're probably like about bear size. <laughs> uh, no, they're gigantic, Sonia. Cool. Yeah, no, they're like one. 40 feet tall. They're four school buses high. Oh, yeah. Well, Those bears, especially on that giant screen. So you should go see movies there. Yeah. Yes. I like, I love that theater. Popcorn. Um, friend of the show, Fran Tamman said that she once watched, um, at the IMAX, a thing about beavers. And then her little brother ran to the railing and looked down to see if there were beavers down there. So that's how realistic it is for you. Wow. That's really cute. It's like you're really there. That's cute. Sorry to put you on blast, little brother. I forgot I was in charge of the show. <laughs> and I, was like, just like, like, I was like, all right, who's what's, uh, what's going to happen? Um, okay, we talked about Dolomite is my name a yeah. lot, and we didn't really talk about performances and actors. No. Uh, we, were, well, we, 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 we did. We did, yeah. we did, but oh, let's broaden fast. it out a little. Um, so, are there some performances and, and actors that you want to talk about? Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention... A gal that was a huge part of my childhood, Whippy Goldberg. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, of which <laughs> you mentioned off 
off uh, Mike that I'm probably the Whoopi Goldberg of if we're the view <laughs> yeah I'm the mediator <laughs> um, he is such a Whoopi except I don't fart on air which is what she did I but, wish you would <laughs> well we're we in the small it room it's though. a free space man um, she has an EGOT honey yes yeah. um, and just like uh, is the she's the second black woman to be nominated for an Oscar mm-hmm. with a like what 40 year yeah. 50 year break in between yeah because Hattie McDaniel got it in 39 right so and so 40 years <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like anytime when you try and think about race and the Oscars it's just like Ugh. dark 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 um anyway she has performances on there um my grandma loved Whoopi so I had I saw a lot of Whoopi. I love that. Um, I love her. We were just talking about Otome, um in Ghost. That's where she got it's her supporting her actress. No, nah, uh, Oscar. Um, and also, obviously, Sister Act. Um, <sighs> both of the Sisters Acts that we w- talked about a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Corinna Corinna. Um, oh. Jumpin' Jack Flash, directed by Penny Marshall, is mm-hmm. an amazing film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just like, the list literally goes on and on. Are you... Uh, did you see the thing? I'm hijacking. Did you see the uh, Patrick Stewart inviting her back to uh, his new show? Oh, Hard? yeah. Star- no, he that's did, so funny. He did it on The View. And, and that's a cute story, too, yeah. because she saw Nichelle Nichols on Star Trek and was like, um, and she was like, to her mom, was like, it's a, like a black woman on TV that's not playing a maid. And then she was like, that's, she like became obsessed with it and then mm-hmm. was on it. And now we'll come back. Yep. One, this is a sidebar, but there are a bunch of people out there complaining that they are trying to shoehorn progressive politics into Picard, which I think is very funny if you've literally ever watched Star Trek ever. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's kind of what it's about. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I mean, that's I don't know this sick Picard burn, but... Well, it's a burn, but just because, like, Gene Roddenberry... Um, that's his name, right? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. just had one of those moments of you panic where it, I was yeah. like, the nerds well, will that get name me. Sounds made up. <laughs> <laughs> They're already um, here. He like he fought the network to like have the fir- one of the first interracial kisses on TV. Like, it's always been a very progressive mm-hmm. thing. So it's very funny that fanboys are now like, ooh, why are they trying to shoehorn this in? It, yeah. Anyway, that was such a sidebar. Um, I wanted to talk about. Um, I actually wanted to talk about Hattie McDaniel. Because she was the first black person to win an Oscar in 1939 for her role in Gone with the Wind. Um, and I just think her legacy is one that's so mixed because I, I don't want us to focus on, you know, like the hardships and the, the sad things because I think too often black artists get reduced down to the adversity that they face. Mm-hmm. But what's sad for me about Hattie McDaniel in part is that, um, she, did such an amazing job as many actors of color had to do at the time of imbuing these characters that were just flat and one dimensional with all of this dimension and like making them these fully fleshed out multi-dimensional mm-hmm. characters, which she totally does as Mammy in um, Gone with the Wind. But she also faced all kinds of backlash from her own community for taking the roles that she did and for playing these sort of stereotypical roles Although that was all that was available to you as an actor at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's this really complex thing where even people who were trailblazers, like, really 
took a lot of heat for that for just doing their jobs Mm -hmm. um so i just wanted to recognize her and then i also wanted to talk about regina king um because i watched if beale street could talk finally this week Mm -hmm. it's barry jenkins second film um and it's so beautiful and her performance in that is amazing and also we something we talked about a lot recently watchmen Mm -hmm. her performance was absolutely amazing yeah oh yeah okay oh Oh, yeah was i not here you were not here oh my god you're not here the week that i finished it and i I was like I've been holding on to this for weeks. It, it was, was so good. Yeah. Incredible. And her performance especially. Oh, my God. And, like, there's there's a few twists and turns mm-hmm. that yeah. she mm-hmm. just, like, amazingly rolls with. And also, mm-hmm. just, like, keeping it so tight in that nine outfit. <laughs> I know. like, oh, my God. Oh, Sean, it's always been tight. Come on. Well, that's yeah. Right. Uh, but we all have to sit here. This is a total break from our main conversation. What happened to the lubed up man? Where is he? Fair enough. I love thinking about it. We're never going to know. No, we won't know. And it's killing me. Honestly, that specific situation that (laughs) that he was in, that's the only only way that his power and ability could ever work. But like if someone went to grab me and slide away. I, oh, the image I don't want to see is Regina <laughs> King wrapping her arms around him and then him <laughs> slipping out. <laughs> that's, I was wait, that's the one thing I regret not seeing. Oh. Well, no, there's a few. but Maybe he'll be back. In, are they doing a second season? No. Wow. That was it's just done. a one and done. Yep. Which is amazing also. But yeah. It, but it, they left it open. More, more things need to learn that lesson. Joan Allen. True. Um, she... Trying to bring what's his face to justice? Dang. Yeah. Anyway, well, too bad. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, absolutely amazing. And uh, we, that's it. It's all done. But God, was it good? Yeah, she was so was great. Was it good? Jer? Yeah. Do you have any actors or performances you want to w- talk about? I want to talk about a movie. Okay. And it's it's a movie. Actual. I'm actually every. I could not pull anyone out because the entire cast was so solid. From top to bottom. Nobody slips out like a lubed up man? Well, you'll you'll, you'll know what I mean. Sorry to bother you. Oh, Oh, yeah. It was so good. So good. It analyzed, you know, not not just the race, but the whole situation in such an interesting way. And the exploitation of it and the, you know, the temptation of doing that or not. And uh, it just worked so well for me. And I was looking it up because it is Boots Riley's only... Mm-hmm. Film, uh, and his only written work as well. And I really want him to write something else. Yeah. And a part of me is like, oh, like he could, at this point, he's bankable. Like he could get mm-hmm. whoever he wants. Keanu Reeves can go with him to do his next movie, and that would be great. But also. You know who else is bankable? <laughs> is Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone t- who was even remotely the dude who did the makeup for the horsemen is now bankable <laughs> and i want to see that group do something again yeah. like i want to see them go again but like like Keith was in knives out yeah. this year and he was in he's had an incredible uncut year. gems which i haven't seen but he's yeah in it. it's supposed to be great. boyfriend of the show liked it yeah it's supposed to be really great um and he has like a really small intense part in get out mm-hmm. um he's just great and yeah. i would love to see him pop yeah up i'm glad that, that he's i'm glad that he's getting yeah. booked yeah absolutely and his role in sort of bother you was so the, so weird the whole thing the whole thing is so, so weird <laughs> but yeah i need to rewatch that yeah boots 
Mr. Riley, get out there. Do something else. <laughs> yeah, just, just because spread I, your wings and I go. I won't buy the first ticket. Yeah. Is there uh, anything else you want to talk about in that vein? Oh, uh, did you? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't okay. know. Maybe, probably. Oh, I did want to shout out Zendaya and Euphoria. Oh, yeah. Because I haven't watched all of it because it's so much. It mm-hmm. just makes it like breaks my heart every time but the performances in that show are amazing and she especially is so amazing in that show so yeah she she does do great um how many episodes have you seen (laughs) out of curiosity i think like six Mm -hmm. or seven we can talk off mic about what i've (laughs) what i know happens right okay you're right i'm just saying there's you know she has some she has some moments as well you have yet to see. Oh, so there's like, there's some there's, there's downsides. Like, it gets good. No, no. Oh, okay. It's still great performances. Um, but yeah, she does great. Um, another performance that I would be remiss to talk about is Titus Burgess in Ugh. The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh God! I was gonna bring this up, and then I was like, too niche. Maybe I don't know. No, this is one of the, it's incredible. This is one of the best characters on television for truly sure. P- Pinot Noir. Um, <laughs> well, that's his hit single, but, Pinot Noir. um, yeah, uh, Titus Andromedon is, <laughs> is oh, Kimmy yeah. Schmidt's friend and roommate, and, um, who's just, uh, <laughs> a, just a fab, talented, um, completely narcissistic person, Yeah, and he is the best. He's such a mess, and also you love him so much, but he doesn't have to be perfect or, like, sanitized. He's, like, sexual and messy, and... <laughs> he's very... <laughs> he's very flawed in some ways, actually. But so beautiful. Oh, I love him. Uh, <laughs> there's, like... He does a few um, sort of moments where he'll, like, rip off, like, a a tearaway like suit <laughs> to reveal something underneath he does it several times and, and every time it it kills me i need more rip away things probably i love it i think you could use it yeah, yeah. this big sweater could tear away to a, <laughs> a little baby what's under that neoprene um okay quick lightning round before we go to what you watching okay go let's talk about some documentaries that okay. opened our brains up um, I want to talk about, oh, I have a few actually. Uh, actually, I'm going to not even do any of the, that are on my list and talk about the 13th Ava DuVernay's documentary from a few years ago mm-hmm. about the prison industrial complex in the States and basically how it's a new form of slavery. Um, I think of myself as someone who's like pretty plugged in politically and it made me think about a lot of new things. It's on Netflix. So if you're looking for something meaningful to watch, the 13th. Okay. Um, I'm going to talk about, uh, it's like, it's kind, it's part documentary, part poetry performance. It's called Tongues Untied. Mm. It's from 1989. It's by Marlon, Bra- Marlon Riggs. And it's about basically the specificity of black gay culture mm. and, um, and how a lot of people, f- the failure to understand intersectionality at that time and on- honestly now too, um, and just like how black men are e- are at the same time like hyper masculinized or feminized depending on who is like looking at them and it's really amazing and also there's an incredible 2 minute scene where they talk about the politics of snapping and like how you can like punctuate something with a snap and like how what sort of the the broadness of the snap what it means and there's just a lot of like snap performance in it, and it's really incredible. I love it. And you should watch. 
Jeff? It's only like an hour. Oh, and also, it was used in a 1992 like anti anti uh, George Bush advertisement. Ooh. His opponent was like. This like he's funding like terrible crap like this, oh. and then he like uh, it was on the and on the commercial and Marlon Riggs had to send him a cease and desist basically, oh. but they're like he's funding like all this garbage. Anyway. That's crazy. Uh, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna talk about something. I'm pretty sure this is it, but I am not a hundred percent sure, and I'm very this terrified to do that. Um, there's I watched it a long time ago. Well, five four or five years ago. It's about the Black Panther. Black Panthers Vanguard mm. of the Revolution is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, it's, I was in a very. So you do like Black Panther. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, I was in a very Ken Burnsy mode, uh-huh. and uh, everyone was like, oh, check out this Stanley Nelson Jr. documentary about the. And it is much shorter, obviously, because Ken Burns is like a huge show, seasons of documentary. But um, it's really great. Uh, it's pretty similar, and uh, it's, it's more about like the impact that it had in both sort of negative and positive ways mm-hmm. and then sort of like I'm going to say like neutral results or like things that happen that you wouldn't have thought yeah. happened. Anyway, it's very interesting. Yeah, because I think a lot of people probably think they know things about the Black Panthers and they're probably wrong. Like I feel like there's one, there's sort of a mainstream depiction of yeah. the Black Panthers and it's not th- accurate. Well, I think it's I think it's all kind of accurate. Well, yeah, yeah I guess. Because it, it also talks about this like the fact that they couldn't connect, mm. right? So, like, some people went took it this way, and then yeah. other groups went this way. Mm. So, anyway, it, it's very interesting. And then it also takes, like, the impact of, like, literally where they were in the country and how people responded to them. So, it was, it was cool. Good. That sounds great. Great. So, everybody out there, watch some documentaries and learn some stuff. The yes. month isn't over. Um, okay, so we're going to go into a quick segment called What You Watching, where we talk about things we've been watching. So, boys... What you watching? Oof. This, <laughs> this is what, what a dark. This is a no. dark feature of my life. I've watched the first four episodes of Love Is Blind. <gasps> oh my god! I am desperate to know. <laughs> it's it's so it's Jeremy a Netflix is, reality. Jeremy show is there. confused. It's a Netflix reality show. That's why I've not seen it. Um, where they they do it in a very in an interesting way, where they dump four episodes mm. every week because honestly, they know that. If you're watching one, you're going to watch at least three to four, which is smart, but that's what I did. <laughs> and it's about people. It's called The Experiment, and it's like t- about 20 people live in these pods or like they can only communicate with each oh, other right. through a wall. So they don't know what each other looks like, but they f- they have to fall. The way they can escape the pod is that they become engaged to someone through the wall <sighs> and they propose to them and then they meet them and then the next part portion of the show as they go on vacation with them for like a week in mexico then if they make it through that then they in real life they live for a week with and meet their parents and all that and then the next week is their wedding like when they go into the show they know that the weddings are scheduled in a month Mm -hmm. and so then it's like just depends on who you're going with and if you'll make it and it's incredible and horrifying and if you thought that the Masked Singer was the dystopian reality show. <laughs> this is fully the one. Whew. Yeah, it's... And the people are garbage people. <laughs> uh, of course. But also, it's a totally void experiment because, like, it's not like Love is Blind because literally everyone is young, hot, hot. set, yeah. like cis. And it's, Mostly white, I'm assuming. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, well, 
love is blind, I yeah, guess. Yeah, blind, like, but you know they're at least a exactly seven. you know exactly basically who it's going to be. <laughs> you know they're at least a that seven. That was rude of me because I don't think we should judge people on numbers, but. But love's blind, so it's fine. Yeah. I have been saying, I'm like, I would love if a door opened and it was just like, a Danny DeVito rolls out. Yeah. And like, this is who, and, like, and then we can see I if love be, is actually blind. I would be totally stoked if yeah. I was, if I was paired up with, with Danny. I'd marry Danny DeVito. I think so, yeah. <laughs> super charming. Jared, what you been watching? Okay, you guys. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you know I love Star Wars. Maybe, yeah. maybe too much. Uh, it's too much. <gasps> anyway... Uh, some co-workers of mine suggested something I had begun watching before called Star Wars The Clone Wars, uh-huh. which uh, in a few days has season seven coming out. Yeah. Uh, the first three seasons are okay. All right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay that down. However, in season four, something happens. I don't know when and I don't know how. Oh. But it gets so feeling? good. And it shows things that I did not know that the Disney Channel would be okay depicting. Mm. Not limited to, but including slavery, child slavery, murder, child murder, (laughs) and all-out war, which I also did not see them. Yeah, Uh, it's animated. It's a hard PG. What is animated? Yes. Yeah, (laughs) sorry, that was important to know at the outset. It is is animated. Sounds crazy. I thought it was for children, and a few times, child of the show has been in the room with me. And I have had to turn it off. And you're like, Star Wars, and Clone Wars, not for It you. is. I just started season five today at lunch because all my coworkers left me. And it is amazing. It is so good. And if you like Star Wars, don't watch the three new movies. Just watch Clone Wars because it is great. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. And if you're a fan of child murder, <laughs> <laughs> you can also. They've gone that. many directions that I did not think they would go. Wow. wow. Way don't to go, tell Disney. Di- don't tell Disney. Maybe they don't know. They know. They know. <laughs> I also watched a Netflix reality show this week, but this reality show was called Glow Up, the <laughs> search for Britain's best makeup artist or something. Yeah. It's Britain's a- next makeup star. Yeah. Honestly, it was so good. Oh, people got skills. Oh, my goodness. They were very skilled. I like it because they give them enough time to actually do impressive things. Like, it's not just like, now you're under this really intense clock. Like, they have, like, two and a half hours, which is still, you know, mm-hmm. a short time to do a cool makeup, but... Okay, just, like, cool go-to-the-store makeup or well, cool there are whole, now makeup? Well, there are a whole bunch of different episodes where they have to do different things. Mm-hmm. So they kind of run the gamut, but some of it is, like, you know, beauty makeup, like for a runway and then there's an episode where they have to do prosthetics and like like, optical illusions optical illusions yeah so they do a wide variety and like the people themselves kind of come from a different a set like different backgrounds in terms of like where they learn to do makeup and what kind of makeup they do the colorblind guy there's a colorblind guy and that's amazing um honestly it was just a very like enjoyable fun watch and there's something about British TV that's just a little bit gentler Ding than American dong, TV. Darling. Ding dong, darling. <laughs> one of the, the judges. The judges are really funny, and yes. one of them says that when she's excited. Um, yeah, she's having a dong, darling. She's like a Val, I think is her Ding name. Dong. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're like, you know, makeup famous, but not anyone that we've ever heard before. Yeah. Um, and Stacey Dooley is the host, and she's just like a she host from feed, Britain. She could be n- 
no not less cash. Yeah. <laughs> she's she, barely in it. She shows up in like sweatsuits and she's like, hey guys. And then she's so <laughs> nice to them and like really cares about what happens to them and like comforts them. I don't know. I just, if you're looking for something gentle to watch and you like makeup, it's a good choice. Go. Yes. Well, that is all the time we have for this week. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my lovely co-hosts, Sean and Jeremy, everyone here at CJTR, and to you, our beloved listeners. The show is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. My Electric is up next. Have a great week. Bye. See you.